Good morning, Church Project. Good morning, Church Project. Good morning, Church Project. Good morning, Church Project. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. For he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I'm like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding. Or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring. Thank you, church, for worshiping with us this morning. And, and I, I just know that God smiles. He smiles at the praise of his people. What an honor that we get to do that. Well, this morning, I just wanted to kind of set out our morning together on this note. You know, the last few months, handful of notes of months, church project and Waypoint's faith community has joined together. I think for probably a 14-week series, we've been looking at the book of Proverbs. And today, we wrap up that series together. We wrap up the book of Proverbs and we'll move into something together um, separately. Church Project and Waypoint's next week, we'll move together. Uh, but this week, we're wrapping up the book of Proverbs. And Justin and Todd, the, the teachers from Waypoint's faith community has asked to, to address Church Project. And so if you would, Todd and Justin want to address us this morning. Well, good morning, Church Project. Thank you so much uh, for allowing Justin and I just to come and talk to you for just a couple of minutes this morning. Um, we just we just want to thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we began this Proverbs journey, we really didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> we kind of had a dream and an idea of bringing two churches together and 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 sharing teaching and uh, really being the body of Christ in a, in a new way. We had no idea Corona was going to come down. We had no idea uh, the sovereignty of God in all of this. Uh, but I got to be honest, I, I think this may be one of my favorite uh, series that we've ever done uh, yeah. as a community. Um, I just think it's been absolutely amazing uh, to be, uh, to share this journey with you uh, and, and waypoints. And, and I, I don't know, I, I don't think it could have gone any better. No, um, no, it was, it, it, it was just a good, uh, opportunity to walk alongside because you know a lot of people would think that two churches couldn't do that. Yeah. So um, what are you doing? You can't do that. No, yeah. you can't do that. So I I want to thank you too. Like Todd said, um, thanks for doing that. So we could come together and be two separate communities, but still share this moment. These last 15, 16 weeks together, yeah. it's been um, a blessing to us as waypoints yeah. Yeah. Uh, to know that um, you guys are right there alongside of us that we're not just trying to figure out what life with Corona looks like yeah. as a church. And, and you guys were right there along with us doing the same thing. Yeah. And one of the other things that I really loved uh, was not only the amazing timing of each of these messages uh, that God <laughs> ordained, but who he had speak on which topic. Yeah. Uh, I think as a community, as waypoints, I think we would have missed out, even if we covered the same topics, I think we would have missed out on a few things that Ryan and Aaron were able to deliver in, in just their own stories and their own styles and their own ways. And so we were benefited. Uh, yeah. We benefited as a community because yeah. of them giving those messages. And we sure hope uh, that uh, the church project feels the same way. Um, please sign Silence your cell phones. We're in church. Church. Uh, 
<laughs> anyway, uh, we hope that you feel the same way about, uh, you know, that we were able to come and to bring different perspectives uh, and uh, and to help lead this in, in a different way. And so we just want to let you know how, um, how grateful we are uh, to share this journey with you. And we hope uh, at some point to be able to share our building together again, whatever that is. And so we just want to pray just a, a quick blessing uh, over uh, Church Project and over each of you as we kind of segue into our own summer series that are yeah. uh, separate from each other. And so uh, do you want to do you want to do that? Or you want me to do that? I can do that. All right. Great. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity that you have uh, ordained both of us as communities to to join together and, and just uh, dig through what biblical godly wisdom looks like. Father, uh, I hope that uh, Church Project is just as uh, blessed by sharing this moment as, as Waypoints is and Todd and I are. And, and uh, Lord, we just thank you for your sovereignty and your and your and your provision through this whole thing of, of sharing the load and and uh, just growing two communities together because it's not about uh, uh, the little church. It's about your kingdom. So, God, would you be glorified and edified in all that uh, Church Project does? We pray that you would bless them through uh, their summer series. And we just ask that you would uh, uh, speak to them as much as you've spoken to us. So, Father, we love you. We praise you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Waypoints. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Justin. It's been an honor to do Church Together, the Capital C Church. And we've been so honored and so thankful to be partnered with you over the last handful of weeks and months. Well, Church Project, here we are. <laughs> we find ourselves right now in whatever month it is, in whatever year it is, we find ourselves being the church right now. And I think one of the coolest things about what we're experiencing right now with COVID-19 and coronavirus is maybe we can, we can think back into the history of the church. And there are great pivotal moments in church history, the, Re the Reformation and things that happened during that time. And you, you could just think back through church history and go, man, I wonder what it would be, be to be alive during that time. I really do think we're living that time right now. I think 50, 100 years from now, 200 years from now, people are going to look back and they're going to study and the church is going to look completely different because of what we're living through right now. Like, think about it. The church has never been where it is right now. Our country, our world has never been where it is right now. And as we as Church Project elders and as the house church pastors of Church Project have been praying the last couple months, God, what would you have the church to be? One of the defining things of Church Project is we teach expository. We go verse by verse through an entire book. And so it's been a while since we've done that, but I want to announce right now, we're so excited through a lot of prayer and a lot of thinking and looking at different verses. We, starting next week, Church Project will enter into the book of the study of Ruth. We're doing our first Old Testament book, and we're looking at the book of Ruth. It's probably going to be a 12 to 14 week series, if you would, as we walk verse by verse through the book of Ruth. And you might be saying, why? Like, I know a little bit about Ruth, but let me just set it up a little bit. The book of Ruth starts in a famine. The, the book of Ruth starts in a place of not resolve, in a, in a place of tension, in a place of the future being unknown. 
And I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you because we're humanity and we're living in the world together right now. In many ways, we're in a famine. The church is in a famine. The country, the world is in a famine. We're in places that we've never been ever. And we don't know what the future holds. And as we look at the book of Ruth, I think one of the things that's neat to say in the book of Ruth is it's our faith looked at through the lens of God's faithfulness. So as we look at the book of Ruth, you see the different characters. They're building faith as they're seeing God's faithfulness and his covenant living out, even when the world around is in chaos. So I want to encourage you right now, one, be praying for the book of Ruth. Like we've been, as house church pastors and individuals, working on the messages already in collaboration. We know that this is a great book, but individually, what can we do? We can each open our Bibles. Get your analog Bibles, your hardcore, your physical Bibles. Open them up. Start reading through the book of Ruth. Or if you have your U version, open that up. Start reading through the book of Ruth because it's going to be a very impactful book as we go through it. Next week, we're going to launch into that. In fact, what I want to do is I want to give us a couple overviews for the book of Ruth. It would kind of, if I started giving us overviews right now, it's not going to do justice to some of the tools and resources that I want to provide for us right now. So if you would, if you would look on the side of the link right now in the comment sections online, and there's going to be a link. This link will take you to our website. And on our website is a PDF document that's created by an incredible theologian that actually is part of Church Project. He's one of the elders of Church Project in, in the Woodlands, Texas. And he's written an incredible commentary on the book of Ruth. And in this commentary, there's places to take notes and, and whatnot. So if you see the link, click on that link. If not, you can go to cpgreeley.org, our website, and you can look for that link and download that, print it off. It's a great overview, seminary level overview as the book of Ruth. And for those of you that want a little more visual or maybe both and, also the Bible Project is an incredible ministry that goes and they, they do a lot of overviews of, of biblical books and the Bible and stuff. And so if you would, please just pay attention right now as we begin to see the overview of the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth. It's a brilliant work of theological art, and it invites us to reflect on the question of how God is involved in the day-to-day -day joys and hardships of our lives. There are three main characters in the book, Naomi the widow, Ruth the Moabite, and Boaz the Israelite farmer. And their story is told in four chapters that are beautifully designed. Let's just dive in and see how this all unfolds. Chapter 1 opens with this line, in the days when the judges ruled. And it reminds us of the very dark and difficult days from the book of Judges. And here we meet an Israelite family in Bethlehem, struggling to survive through a famine. And so in search of food, they move on to the land of Moab, Israel's ancient enemy. And there the father of the family dies. And the sons marry two Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. And then the sons, they die too. And so they leave only Naomi and these new daughters-in-law. And so Naomi, she has no reason to stay anymore. And so she tells her new daughters-in-law that she's moving back home. And Naomi, she knows that the life of an unmarried foreign widow in Israel is going to be very hard. And so she compels the women to stay behind. Orpah agrees. But Ruth does not. She shows remarkable loyalty to Naomi. And she says, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Your people will become my people and your God 
will become my God. And so the two of them return to Israel together. And the chapter concludes with Naomi changing her name to Mara, which means bitter in Hebrew. And she laments her tragic fate. Chapter 2 begins with Naomi and Ruth discussing where they're going to find food. And it just so happens to be the beginning of the barley harvest. And so Ruth goes out to look for food, and it just so happens that she ends up picking grain in the field of a man named Boaz, who just so happens to be Naomi's relative. We're told that Boaz is a man of noble character, and he notices Ruth. And so after finding out more about her story, he shows remarkable generosity to her. He makes these special provisions so that the immigrant Ruth can gather grain in his field. And in doing so, Boaz is actually obeying an explicit command of the Torah to show generosity to the immigrant and the poor. Boaz is so impressed by Ruth's loyalty to Naomi, he prays for her that God will reward her for her boldness. So Ruth comes home that day, and Naomi finds out that she met Boaz, and she is thrilled. She says Boaz is their family redeemer. Now, This family redeemer thing, this was a cultural practice in Israel where if a man in the family died and he left behind a wife or children or land, it was the family redeemer's responsibility to marry that widow, to take up the land and protect that family. So Naomi, she begins to hope that perhaps there might still be a future for her family. Chapter 3 begins with Naomi and Ruth making a plan to get Boaz to notice their situation. So Ruth is going to stop wearing clothes of a grieving widow, and she's going to show signs that she's available to be married. And so Ruth goes to meet Boaz on the farm that night. And as she approaches, Boaz wakes up, and he's totally startled. And Ruth makes her intentions very clear. She asks if Boaz will redeem Naomi's family and marry her. Boaz is once again amazed by Ruth's loyalty to Naomi and her family, and he calls Ruth a woman of noble character. It's the same term used to describe the woman of Proverbs 31. So Boaz tells Ruth to wait until the next day, and he will redeem both Ruth and Naomi legally before the town elders. And so the chapter ends with Ruth returning to Naomi, and they marvel together at all of these recent events. In chapter 4, it all comes together. It turns out, at the last minute, Boaz discovers there is a family member who's closer to Naomi than he is, and he's actually eligible before him to redeem the family. But at the last second, this family member finds out that he's going to have to marry Ruth, the Moabite, and so he declines. But Boaz, remember, he knows Ruth's true character, and so he acquires the family property of Naomi, and he marries Ruth. And so just at the beginning, how Ruth was loyal to Naomi's family, so now Boaz is loyal to Naomi's family as well. The story concludes with a reversal of all of the tragedies from chapter 1. So the death of the husband and the sons is reversed as Ruth is married again and gives birth to a new son, granting joy to Naomi. And this symmetry between the opening and the closing, it's even more remarkable. So remember, the opening tragedy was followed by a great act of loyalty on the part of Ruth. And that is now matched by Boaz's act of loyalty that leads to the family's final restoration. And this symmetry, it highlights the design of the internal chapters as well. So each of the chapters begins with Naomi and Ruth making a plan for their future. And that's followed by a providential meeting between Ruth 
and Boaz, and each chapter concludes with Naomi and Ruth rejoicing at what's taken place. This story is beautifully designed, and that design actually connects with a really interesting feature of the story, and that's how little God is mentioned. Right, The characters talk about God a few times, but the narrator actually never once mentions God doing anything directly in the story, and that's its brilliance. Because God's providence is at work behind every scene of this story, weaving together the circumstances and choices of all these characters. So Naomi, her tragedy leads her to think that God is punishing her. But actually, the whole story is about God's mission to restore her and her family. And he's doing so through Ruth, through her boldness and loyalty, which brings healing to Naomi's life, but not without Boaz, who's a no-nonsense farmer who's full of generosity and loyalty. And so God uses his integrity combined with Ruth's boldness to save Naomi and her family. And so this story brilliantly explores the interplay of God's purposes and will with human decision and will. God weaves together the faithful obedience of his people to bring about his redemptive purposes in the world. And that leads to the real end of the story. The book of Ruth concludes with a genealogy showing how Boaz and Ruth's son, Oved, was the grandfather of King David, from whom came the lineage of the Messiah. And so all of a sudden, these seemingly mundane, ordinary events in this story are woven into God's grand story of redemption for the whole world. And so the book of Ruth invites us to consider how God might be at work in the very ordinary, mundane details of our lives as well. And that's what the book of Ruth is all about. Good morning, church. I'm really excited to go on this journey through the book of Ruth with you all. Um, Ruth is one of those books that, you know, I think sometimes we don't give it much credence because it's just so short. It's only a few pages long, but there is so much great material in here that we can learn from. And so I'm really excited about um, the next couple months going through the book of Ruth. There's one thing that kind of stood out to me as I was reading through uh, Ruth, and uh, there's one verse in chapter one, verse twenty. It says, "Don't call me Naomi," she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. And I think that's like a really great place for us to start. Because I think some of us, myself included, there's been times in the last several weeks or several months where I felt where I felt like God was treating me bitterly. And so to be able to look at the book of Ruth, and the book of Ruth is really about God, uh, God's provision in a time, but also the narrative of the story that God is unfolding. You know, when you look at Ruth and you see that her and Boaz, Ruth and Boaz, um, their descendants become King David and then ultimately Jesus. You can see that narrative unfolding throughout the book of Ruth. And so I'm really excited to go on that uh, journey with you. A couple of things I want to remind you of is number one, we have that PDF document. It'll be on cpgreeley.org and it's available for you. Um, Print that off, download it, print it off. We make that available for you um, as a study tool for you. Um, As well, 
I'd like to remind you to continue to give to the work of God through Church Project. These are times where they're uncertain for all of us, but with our faithfulness, when we say, I'm going to continue to give to God, to the work of God, um, through my tithes and offerings, that is us saying, God, we trust that you're in control. We know that there is a story that you're telling that we're a part of that is unfolding before our eyes. And uh, we don't know exactly what the future holds, but we do know that you hold the future. So I would encourage you to continue to give uh, online. And also uh, house churches are in full swing. If you're not part of a house church, I would encourage you to become part of a house church uh, this week. So go to our webpage, cpgreeley.org, and on that front page, you can click on uh, whichever house church you'd like to check out. And if you want to, you've never done this before, you can check out any of those or all of those and find which one works best for you, which one feels most comfortable for you. But the way we get through this season is together. And so I'd encourage you to become part of the community and uh, let's grow and let's learn together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us so much that you have a plan for us, that you've invited us into your story and that you know that um, this story is a story that doesn't end in bitterness. It may begin in a season of bitterness, but it ends in your glory. And God, I just thank you so much that we get to be a part of it. God, I pray over each person that's listening to these words right now. God, you have created them. You love them. You have a purpose for them. God, I just pray that even today that you would open all of our eyes to see just a glimpse of your glory. Give us an, an idea of where you're taking us. Help us to have faith and trust in you in uncertain times. But God, I pray that as you unfold our story, as you unfold your story, that you would give us a glimpse of where you're taking us. And we pray these things in Christ's name, amen.